0: This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week, we're celebrating the continued success of the number fourteen nationally ranked Bates field hockey team. Plus, men's soccer earned a draw with Bowdoin in an absolute thriller at Garcelon Field, and the fall tennis season is underway for the women and men. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, 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 Bates. The Bates men's soccer team took on Bowdoin under the lights at Garcelon Field on Wednesday. After falling behind 1-0 early, the Bobcats outplayed the Polar Bears the rest of the match, but couldn't seem to get a shot to go into the net. That is, until first-year Jacob Iwowo brought the huge crowd to its feet, with time winding down.
1: Kovacs hits it forward again, skimmed header, it's trapped, and a goal! In the Bates, Bobcats, have rescued at least a point, perhaps. Bates won, Bowden won. As the stands are shaking at Garcelon, Jacoby Iwolwal is the goal scorer.
2: You know, one of my teammates, you know, did the hard work and the ball just fell to me and, you know, I just, I did the rest, but, you know, the credit goes to my teammates and my team for kind of putting me in the positions to, to score the goal. And I think like a big part for us was having, you know, the school behind us and the school being there to kind of cheer us on and the noise kind of to push us that extra mile in order to, you know, kind of have our, have our leg up, you know, in the second half against Bowdoin. So, you know, I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone that turned up and, you know, the support that they gave us for the game. Bates and Bowden
0: finished the match tied at one. The Bates men sport a record of 4-1-1 one and one on the season after a 3-0 win over Thomas College on Sunday. And Jacob Iwowo is our male Bobcat of the week. Let's get into your background a little bit. You grew up in London. You decided to come to prep school in the States and then obviously up to Bates. So when did you start playing soccer, you're also a basketball player. So when did that all process kind of develop? And when you realized you wanted to come to America for high school and then college?
2: Well, I decided that I wanted to come to the US at a pretty early age. Um, I'd say I was around 14 years old when I decided to get on the computer and start emailing prep school after prep school, um, trying to find just like a place to go. Um, And then probably right before I turned 15, I was fortunate enough to meet somebody who um, was able to put me in contact with some coaches in the Northeast area. Um, you know, I was mainly talking to like Loomis Chafee school and Brooks school and it kind of came down, um, to the Brook school. Um, and I went there right before I turned 16 or right after I turned 16 actually. Yeah.
0: Nice. And then how did you get started playing basketball in Europe? Cause I know obviously soccer is very popular, but basketball, maybe not as much.
2: Um, yeah, it's a funny story actually. We, um, we were playing basketball in uh, an after, kind of like an after school club. It was just something that I did you know, while my, my parents would be at work and you know, it was just something fun to do after school with my friends. Um, and I remember one day, uh, very vividly, when I like, dribbled the ball between my legs and I kind of thought it was like a revelation, like I thought I was the next NBA prospect. And I I immediately went home and like started looking for basketball clubs to to play for in the local area because you know, I thought I changed the game or something. Um, so that's kind of how I started playing. I joined the local team and then from there I was able to kind of work my way up the ranks, you know, in the English basketball kind of system. But it all started at that after school club uh, with dribbling the ball between my legs.
0: Excellent, excellent. And so when you first came to America, you know, coming from England, were there any significant adjustments for you or was it pretty smooth?
2: For me, the the culture shock wasn't actually too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, you know, it's not too bad moving to another English-speaking right. country. You know, I was lucky to be at a small school of maybe 360 kids, mm-hmm. so I was able to kind of find my place very quickly and I was welcomed amazingly Um, people were very nice very kind it was kind of almost weird how welcoming and happy and smiley people were I thought it was like a big joke or something (laughs) Um, so in terms of adjusting I I wasn't too much of a problem especially when I first came here and I wanted to come here ever since I was so young that I was I was probably just riding a high for a pretty pretty long time
0: nice and what made Bates the place you want to go to college
2: for me it was just the feel that i got coming on campus and from what i'd heard from a lot of other people that had been here uh my coach uh at berkshire uh derek murphy he was a bates graduate mm-hmm. played on the basketball team here um and he spoke really highly of the place and he brought me down here for my visit and you know when i came down here everything that he was saying about the school seemed to match up um so that was a big part for me another big part for me was you know the amount of interest that the coaches showed in me right right from the beginning um bates has been a school that I've, I've have been recruiting me for quite a long time um and kind of that genuine interest in me and the kind of um upfront kind of honest opinions that they were giving me throughout the recruitment process was a big reason why i decided to come here um there's a good thing going on here yeah. so you know the growth of the programs in the next couple of years is going to be something remarkable that I want to be a part
0: of. For soccer, were you first talking to Stu and then Tyler once he took over has been Tyler the whole time?
2: Um, I actually, Coach uh, Flaherty yeah. was trying to recruit me during his time here, but at that point I wasn't actually open to playing soccer in college. Oh, okay. I was actually only going to be playing basketball. Mm. Um, but... I actually kind of opened up to the idea of playing soccer right around the same time that Coach Tyler picked up the job. Um, And, you know, a big thing for me was that Coach Tyler got the job on a Monday and he, you know, called me and said that he wanted me on the Wednesday. So I was like, okay, you know, this guy's really serious and really wants me. Um, The former assistant coach, Josh, he Mm -hmm. had been talking to me for a while. Um, So, you know, he was a big part of the recruitment process. Um, So, yeah, I have had conversations with Coach Flaherty, but... In terms of, in regards to Bates, yeah. I've mainly been talking to Coach Tyler.
0: So, being a first year, what adjustments have you had to make? College soccer compared to playing in high school? Um, everyone's a lot
2: bigger, for <laughs> sure. Um, I'm used to being like the big kid that can maybe you know impose my you know physical presence upon people, but you know at the college level, there's a lot of kids that are a lot bigger than me. So, trying to kind of adjust to that um, has been it's been fun. You know, it's, it's it's nice to kind of have that challenge of. Playing with bigger, better players. Um, I thought that at high school I was kind of prepared well playing at a high level, um, in the in the um, NEPSAC, but you know, NESCAC play is it's it's very physical and it's you know it's fun trying to get used to that.
0: Where would you rank this past week's Bowdoin match among exciting matches you've been part of in your career? <laughs> I
2: mean, it was definitely up there. Yeah. Definitely. I've been fortunate enough to be involved in a lot of very very intense games mm-hmm. uh, especially in my high school career um and I, for now nothing has topped my uh brooks class b championship game oh, okay. um yeah. but you know that bowling game was something and it was definitely up there yeah.
0: We touched on it after, right after the game, but how about that crowd support? I mean,
2: that was was anything thing you imagined coming to college and having that crowd behind you like that. Yeah, honestly, it was. I was very surprised. I, I didn't actually know what to expect, mm-hmm. uh, especially it being the first night game. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that so many people turned up and, you know, came to the game is amazing. You know, I know how academically challenging this place is sure. and how much everybody has to do. But just the fact that people could take time out of their day to kind of support us was, it meant a lot to me, and it meant a lot to the team, um, so yeah, it was great. Speaking of academics, how has that transition gone, obviously, to college here? <laughs> it's, it's definitely challenging, it's yeah. definitely challenging, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's just about getting your head down and doing what the best that you can do. Um, the main thing for me is just getting used to reading so much, <laughs> it wasn't that much reading in high school for sure, yeah. but, you know, a, big thing and a big reason why I kind of like base is kind of the small community um, and I have had a lot of people that have been able to help me out and kind of older students show me how to do certain things and how to be more effective in doing my work so you know maybe the first two weeks or so you know I was having a little bit of trouble but after a couple of conversations with some upperclassmen you know I'm, I'm well on my way and kind of feel like I'm getting my feet settled within especially academically.
0: For sure. Have you spoken to other two-sport athletes here about what it kind of takes to succeed playing multiple sports? Because you're going to be playing basketball also.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky that um, two other kids that uh, went to Brooks with me mm-hmm. are also playing two sports here. Nice. Um, one girl is on the field hockey team and the lacrosse team, and another guy is on the football team and then the baseball team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I always we went to the same school, one of them I graduated with, so um i'm always checking in and kind of speaking to them you know if i ever have anything that comes up about you know feeling overwhelmed or you know trying to keep up with everything that's going on they'll be there to help me out for sure
0: certainly so from the team perspective i mean this is a pretty big weekend coming up where i believe tufts is coming to russell street field and they're uh, i believe defending national champions so what's been coach tyler's emphasis to the team right now
2: um so far i mean we've just been it's kind of been focused on the next game up so wednesday we have sure. Hassan. Yeah. um so it's kind of about taking care of business but you know i wouldn't i'd be lying if we didn't bring up the fact that we were hosting the national champions on saturday right. and i mean at least the kind of team feel is that you know we we can play of anyone you know especially the way that the program has been the past couple of years maybe that hasn't been the case but with Everything that's going on right now with our new class, with the development of some of the sophomores and the juniors and the senior class that we have, we're a team that on our day can play with anybody and it's about you know, taking care of our bodies and doing the right things in preparation for Tufts to make sure that we can put our best foot forward when that day comes around massive first-year class i think there's 17
0: first years on the team what's it like being one of 17 newcomers
2: I, it's 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 definitely fun no, it's yeah. a great group of guys great yeah. group of guys they're super cool um it was very easy to kind of get acquainted with them you know there's nobody in our class that you know you'd say is kind of different to anyone else particularly everyone's kind of getting along on the same page and ready to work so you know it's definitely shaking things up um, in terms of, you know, there's a whole bunch of kids all fighting for different positions. But at the end of the day, Coach Tyler always talks about, you know, uh, the, you know, the bottom half of our team being able to push up the top half of our team. And that's kind of really important. And I think first years are really pushing everybody to to be better and to kind of push the forward the program in a positive direction.
0: All right, Jacob Awawa, Mill Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: The field hockey team is off to its best start since 1995 at 4-1 and and the Bobcats are ranked 14th in the country after a 4-0 win over Thomas College on Thursday. Junior Emily Giannunzio scored a pair of goals in the victory, giving her a team-leading three on the season. And Emily Giannunzio is our female Bobcat of the week. First of all, just take us through the goals you score. I know one last one was like a tip-in off a, a Burns shot there, right? And then you were also I had another one earlier.
3: Yeah, so Riley had like a great deceptive sweep across the middle of the circle which is where I happened to stand in corners and I just got lucky and got my stick on it but she had an amazing sweep there and the first goal was just to scrum in front of the net and happened to get my stick on that one and put it past their goalie.
0: Seems like a number of goals in, in field hockey as well as in ice hockey are you're trying to get towards that net and redirect shots, right? Is that part of the- Yeah,
3: that's yeah. kind of my main job on corners is just stand on the goalie's pads and try and get a deflection in either which way just to throw them off. Um, it's mainly the hitters up front that do the job, and then I just happen to tip in after <laughs>
0: Gotcha, and then this weekend was a bye weekend for the Philadelphia team, so no no games, but the team um, had a kind of a bonding trip up north a little bit. Tell us about this trip.
3: Uh, so we did a ropes course up in um, the Forks, Maine, which was really cool. We did like a low ropes team bonding type thing and a high ropes course, and then uh, we stayed the night in some yurts at the Northern Outdoors, which was pretty cool. Great team bonding um, there. Yeah, that was fun.
0: Because, I mean, a lot of, you know, during the season, it's a lot of obviously practicing and getting prepared for each opponent. So how refreshing was it to have a weekend where he, maybe you didn't necessarily have to think about field hockey that closely, right?
3: It was kind of nice, especially because we've been extremely focused as a team in practices. Like our big mo- like motto is that every day we're trying to improve a little bit better. And even with a bye weekend, like not touching our sticks really, but like even being together and bonding that weekend, I still think we improved our team culture each day, which was great.
0: Certainly. Well, you're from Connecticut. How did you first decide you want to come to Bates for college?
3: Um, I actually wasn't looking at Bates, and another girl in my town who was looking to play field hockey there mentioned a summer camp, and then I signed up for it with it. And then as soon as I stepped on campus, I was like, I actually love this school. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that's how I started liking the program. And then I talked to Danny about playing field hockey here, and we both agreed it'd be a good fit.
0: Mm. So it all started with a summer camp, though. What, yeah. what about the summer camp what about the experience there made you realize oh I love this place
3: um it was kind of the team that I had met that year so I don't know how many years ago that was but the team chemistry of who was working at the camp and then also like I had lived in Connecticut my whole life but I'd never been to Maine and it was just really pretty atmosphere the uh like, the campus was great, everyone was welcoming, you know, the, the cliché type stuff, but I can't say it's not true. <laughs> right, right, right. And
0: then uh, the team, obviously, um, a great start to the season, 4-1 and one on the year, you have a midweek game uh, Tuesday, we're talking on a Monday this week, and then you have some big NetSCat contests, right? Yeah. The likes of Tufts coming up, and mm-hmm. I know what, I think two years ago, you beat Tufts during the regular season yeah two
3: years ago we uh, got a win off of Tufts uh, one nothing I vividly remember that (laughs) tip in from Emma Patterson Mm. Um, yeah that was an amazing game to play in and I hope we actually won our scrimmage that year against them and Mm. then ended up beating them in the regular season and we happened to win the beat them in the um, our scrimmage this year before the season started, so hopefully we're going to keep that trend going this weekend. Yeah, so
0: perhaps history will repeat itself,
3: Hopefully, that's the goal.
0: (laughs) What about the team? You know, you've touched on the chemistry aspect, but what else about this team this year has allowed you to get off to such a great start at 4-1, that overtime win over Hamilton, obviously setting the tone?
3: I think that the team dynamic coming into this year has just been completely like a new new world, like new vibe. Um, Everything, like everyone's so positive, and no one's like – judgmental or anything Everyone's just like jives together kind of everyone's just playing their game and feels comfortable being themselves it's really great atmosphere like like I said earlier our first years have like integrated themselves into the team so well and I think everyone else has kind of come together in a way that just like makes it easy on and off the field to be close and a good team
0: and it's a really balanced offense anyone can score at any time
3: Danny actually pointed this out to me the um yeah other week that last year none of the forwards had played together at all so you only have Tom and Riley who really played together and they work really well together also but I think it's also because we've never played together that we're able to like just right off the bat like we're starting to get used to each other's like ways we play and then we're all starting to create this new dynamic instead of reacting to an already made dynamic if that makes sense so like instead of just becoming a part of a already set thing we're making mm-hmm. our own thing which is working out well
0: also you touched on the fact that everyone's you know happy, you know doing their role and it seems like on defense the two goalkeepers are perfectly happy playing one half each and it seems to be working right
3: they're like amazing yeah. i practice i have they are willing to challenge us in every which way they're doing great our freshman goalie is outstanding our sophomore goalie is also outstanding like I can't ask for more from both of them.
0: And then uh, tell us about Grace Fitzgerald, one of the captains, because she kind of makes she kind of makes the offense go a little bit, doesn't she?
3: She is extremely important backbone to this team. <laughs> in our con game, we um, we started off uh, a little rough, and we were ended up uh, we were losing one nothing going into one of our quarters. It might have been the half, and um, she was just like, "We need to get it going, guys!" And it really we started playing better and putting our sticks together, and we ended up scoring four goals and like one half of the game which was really good the way she acts and plays makes everyone else around her want to act and play with the same intensity and skill level that she does and she's definitely an important part of this team and extreme leader
0: you touched on the quarters because that's new this year in terms of field hockey and and the way it's timed and whatnot have you noticed any significant differences with that
3: um not really it's just like the only difference is that they pause the time so like you can't really use it as a possession type thing mm. so if you get the corner you can't like hold the ball and like let the time run out right. a little bit if you're winning which is nice if you're on the losing side of things mm. but like not as nice as you're on the winning side of things it's um i think we've been doing really well recently with capitalizing on our corners uh, it's gonna be a thing we have to work on all year but I think we're slowly working our way to it
0: well what are you studying here on the academic side here at Bates
3: I am a psychology major here at Bates yeah
0: what what were some classes that have really stood out to you so far maybe
3: um last year I took cognitive psych and I was really big fan of that with Todd Kahn and I think that um it actually like made me really want to be a psych major Mm -hmm. um what other ones Freshman year, I took a short-term class called Cartoon Cartoon, which was a good one. You know the short-term classes. Those are all our favorites, it seems. Like. Yeah, yeah, those are definitely favorites for <laughs> yeah. people. Um, last year, I also took a short-term class called um, the Gender and Body in Modern Ch- or Sport and Body in Modern China, which was a mm. fun class. It like. Just being about sports was interesting to me, I guess, yeah. Certainly.
0: Um, Growing up, did you play other sports besides field hockey, or when did you start playing field hockey?
3: Um, I played ice hockey since I was, like, eight years old, Mm. and then I started playing field hockey after that. I don't really remember when. Mm. But um, ice hockey was normally, like, a bigger sport to me growing up than field hockey was, and I think it wasn't until, like, high school where Mm. I kind of, like... Started focusing more on field hockey than ice hockey.
0: Like, do you play for the club team here or anything? I do play
3: for the club. Okay. Team. What's, yeah.
0: what's that experience like playing club ice hockey at Bates?
3: Um, it's really fun. I wasn't as present as in the past two years as I'd like to have been. Oh. But um, they graduated their two goalies that have been here the past two years, so hopefully. The goal is that I'll play more often this year.
0: You're a goalkeeper then. Yeah,
3: I'm a oh. goal, like I'm a goalkeeper in ice hockey. Yeah. yeah. So what's it like being a goalkeeper
0: in ice hockey, but a forward in field hockey?
3: I think it's uh, really helpful in uh, field hockey actually, because mm-hmm. like it's it's a completely different position. Yeah. But um, the idea is the same. Like knowing, like I kind of know how goalies are gonna react to certain things versus. Like, not re- like, what will make goalies move versus not make them move and stuff like that. So, I think it's helped me a lot in the like shooting aspect of field hockey. Um, but other than that, I just love, like, love playing goalie and ice hockey. I don't know what it was really.
0: <laughs> Great. Well, what are your thoughts on the season so far for the Bobcats that you wanted to share?
3: I think that we're on the up and up, and everyone should show up to our big Tufts game on Saturday. Certainly,
0: Female Bobcat of the Week, Emily Giannunzio, thanks so much. Thank you. The volleyball team defeated the University of Southern Maine 3-1 to on Tuesday before dropping a pair of very close NESCAC matches over the weekend. The Bobcats rallied from two sets down before falling 3-2 to to Amherst on Friday, and Bates had a 2-1 to lead over Middlebury on Saturday before the Panthers rallied to edge the Bobcats 3-2. Despite the pair of losses, the volleyball team is 8-2 and off to its best start to a season since 2009. In women's soccer, the Bobcats fell 2-0 to Babson on Saturday before bouncing back to earn a 2-2 draw against the University of Southern Maine on Sunday. Senior Sarah DePillo scored a pair of goals against the Huskies.
4: The first goal uh, was a really good, great service in by um, a fellow senior, Dina Bernat. And she just placed it really well. We followed through with the play um, that we set up, and I was able to get a touch on it, and we got it in. So it was nice.
0: And then the follow must be nice. Like, oh, the ball's right there on oh, the second goal you had yeah. there. The ball was just right there for
4: you. Huh? Yeah, we always <laughs> talk about following up with shots. Um, just a really important thing. Sometimes we forget about it. But to follow up really makes a difference, and it did at that point. So it was good to score again.
0: For sure. So you're a senior now, and you have a new head coach this year and Joe Vary. What's that adjustment been like?
4: It's been awesome. Um, Also a new assistant coach. We've been really happy to have both of them. Um, As a senior class, we're just really happy to get our last season in and lay down the new foundation for um, the coming seasons.
0: What things has Joe done with the program so far, um, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, um, changes perhaps?
4: Um, He's made a lot of changes. All of them have been really positive. Um, Mindset-wise, he's really incorporated, like, a growth mindset, and that's really viewing, like, challenges not as, like – backups but more opportunities for learning and growing so that's something that we want to go forward with the program and just like make sure the younger girls understand that we have to be competitive and not be complacent in order to like compete in the NESCAC.
0: Certainly, and how about um, speaking of foundations? How about that new grass you're playing on this here at Russell Street Field? What's that been
4: like? Yeah, it's been amazing. We've been all so excited over the summer. We were so eager to get in and use it. We we're very grateful and thankful about um, the donations that have been made, and it's been like awesome so far.
0: A little bit about your background. How did you first decide you wanted to come to Bates for college?
4: Um, I was looking into Bates obviously because the academics um, and also um, athletics, so I was originally gonna play soccer and basketball but I just chose to stay with soccer mm-hmm. um, and also a big factor would be like the community and the environment here like when I stepped on campus everyone was just so friendly and like I, I heard about that before I came but when I actually experienced it firsthand I, it was like wow this is actually true everyone's so welcoming and friendly so that's a big factor
0: certainly and then how have you seen yourself grow as a soccer player through your you know three plus years now
4: um, yeah, it's been a while. Um, I would say just putting the work in every day and practice and like becoming a leader with the senior class. Uh, we started with eight and now we have five, but we're, um, I'm really proud of all of us for putting in the work and changing the culture from our first year.
0: When did you start playing soccer growing up? I mean, I know a lot of kids in America at least, you know, start playing pretty young, you know, wrecking. What did you get kind of get serious playing a little bit?
4: Yeah, I started from a very young age. Um, I always did, like, rec, like at the YMCA, up into town, and then I got into travel, and then I was also into basketball, so I did switch back and forth with club Mm. and AAU and all throughout middle school and high school, and I'm really fortunate to continue it up into college level. What are you
0: majoring here at Bates?
4: Psychology. Okay,
0: so another psychology major, Emily Giannunzio also. We've had her on this week. She's a psychology major. What's about that degree appeal to you?
4: Um, Just that it's so broad. It always interested me in high school and what you can go, like, on to even, like, grad school, what you can Mm. study or... There's so many different fields that you can work in, so it just really appealed for me.
0: And are you thinking about grad school? What are your thoughts right now?
4: Possibly, (laughs) yeah. yeah. If I were to continue my education, it would be like I would work for two years and then go back. Mm. But, yeah, my options are definitely open.
0: Well, any other thoughts on the season so far and what you're looking for the team to, you know, continue to improve throughout the year?
4: Yeah, so we are not um, giving up. (laughs) Like, the record isn't the best, but we're... Um, putting all the work in and we have a couple of NESCAC games coming up so Tufts and Middlebury and Trinity are coming up so we're just hoping to get some points on the in-league game.
0: Well I know like a few years ago you got a draw with Williams they were like yeah. top ranked in the country so it's soccer like anything can happen. Yeah,
4: right? yeah. yeah that's right anything can happen we just have to believe in ourselves and put the full 90 together mm. and I think we can get some points and be successful.
0: All right, Sarah DePillo, thanks so much.
4: Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Saturday was a rough home opener
0: for the Bates football team. The Bobcats fell to the Middlebury Panthers by a score of 28 to nothing. Bates did not turn the ball over, and the Bobcats forced four turnovers themselves. But penalties came back to haunt the team again and again. Head coach Malik Hall breaks down the game. Fifth quarter with the head coach of the Bobcats, Malik Hall, here on the Bobcast. Coach Hall, got to ask about the penalties. Obviously, a lot of personal fouls. seemed like the team was obviously being aggressive, maybe a little bit too aggressive on defense. What were your thoughts on all the penalties you guys racked up there?
5: I think there's a fine line from aggression and discipline. Um, and unfortunately, when you cross that line, you see a lot of a lot of dirty laundry. Um, and that was a result of the flags. I think we had 13 penalties for almost 150-some yards. That was more than what we had offensively in the first half. And so, you know, it's hard to win games with that many penalties. Um, but again, I think more than anything, I think it's, it spoke volumes to where we are in terms of Discipline in terms of being in a competitive and heated environment, but not losing your poise with it. Um, And certainly, we we lost our poise Um, defensively. We had way more than enough personal files to go around, Um, but then when you add the offensive files in terms of holding, um, I think we had at least four of those and a personal foul offense. I think that is a recipe for a sloppy sloppy, and a very, very dirty game. And um, that's what it was for the Bobcats this weekend. And
0: then Costa got hurt, and so you brought in a first-year Liam Foley, uh, threw him right into the fire, but he probably wasn't expecting to play. And what were your thoughts on him?
5: <laughs> you know, foes, man. Listen, the Eagles had a foes. Mm-hmm. I think we'll take all of what the Eagles had with our foes, um, and that's how I'm speaking to him. Like, listen, man, like, we recruited you because you could throw the ball. Um, so go do what you we recruited you to do, which is go throw it. Um, for him to not have a ton of reps going into that game because we thought we would have uh, Jackie, not a bad first showing for a kid who just was trying to get the signals down. Mm-hmm. Um, and more than anything, I, I, I guess if you look at Foles from a personality standpoint, cool customer. Um, The moment wasn't too big. It wasn't... uh, He is the quintessential quarterback who's steady, she goes. Whatever happens, good, bad, or indifferent, he'll be at that same tempo and same level. So we're excited to see what he can do with a full week of preparation. I find at times, sometimes that puts more pressure on a quarterback. When you get quarterbacks to come in when they weren't expected to come in, they almost just respond instinctually. Mm-hmm. I think we're giving some quarterbacks preparation. They have time to overthink a concept or overthink what they feel. And that's what makes a quarterback position so, so, um, so important to a football team because they have to manage time of possession. They have to keep the ball out of the defensive hands. And they also have to play well. So just managing time and possession and not turning the ball over, though in the NFL they're like, you know, he's a manager. Mm. Well, that's not easy. Right. You know, and for a first year, just to get one of the two, but now we're going to say he's, he has to at least get three of the five. Mm. And so um, the five being not turning the ball over, managing time possession, making some plays, taking some good reads, and knowing when to get us in and out of a play. Mm-hmm. That's a lot for a first year. But I think he has a spread history which supports that he can handle it.
0: Excellent. Obviously, we won't know about Casa stats till later in the week. But the opening drive for Middlebury, when they had that fumble that bounced forward like 15 yards and they recovered it for a first down, I mean, it's like that, that was not a good start, I guess, in terms of like how that game was going to go, it seems like.
5: Yeah, I think if you look at the start of our games, we have not gotten to a great start and we have not played a great second half. So, in short, we play a tail of two quarters, whether that's half of a first quarter a half of a third and a full second. You know, we come out the opening kick return and put the ball on the ground. So, our offense starts at the eleven. Mm-hmm. Now, they did a great job getting us out of that black zone, and we got a good punt. Um, and then when they go on the side of the ball, we give up a third and 15. We give up a first and so first down they get seven yards. C uh, Hunt comes and punches the ball out. Right. The ball skips and spits for another ten, and there's no one around the ball but Bobcats. And then all of a sudden the Middlebury Panther comes up with it. And so that's when you got to say, "Come on guys, settle in there," because we're 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 playing through our shoes. And and then that, I know that sounds like a weird concept, but. To stop, we're coming out of our shoe. And so, to stop for a minute, to pick the ball up, we're running so hard and going so hard, we're going through our shoes to where stopping is like an emergency break. Yeah. And um, that's when you got to say, guys, settle in there. That ball should have been recovered. Mm. Then, same point, though, they punt the ball again coming out of the first quarter, and they muffed the punt. Right. And... Only Bobcats around the ball, and the Middlebury guy comes up with it. I think we were—I um, don't know where we were in our focus and our execution—but those were the small details of the game that just changes the perspective in the game of the game plan for Middlebury, and they still turned it over four times. Right. And so in that space. They turn it over four times, and we're in the red zone, two of the four turnovers, and we still got no points. Um, I, again, that's the fluidity of our offense, special teams, and defense. It's like everyone's still playing one individual set opposed to four sets as a three-pronged unit. You know, we need to be Voltron this week. You know what I mean? We need to come together from the head to the feet.
0: You touched on the red zone that can be tough sometimes for a spread offense, right? What's um what are you guys talking about in terms of making adjustments so you're a little bit more maybe efficient in the red zone going forward?
5: Uh, you know, that's you know, Matt Golden comes to mind in terms mm-hmm. of some red zone options. Um, Sam Phillip is another alternative. Um, I, I think we have some, some plays, but I think the plays start to become difficult when you're not in sync. Mm-hmm. When you're struggling to just get the first down, getting fourth and go for a touchdown seems a much, much bigger hill than climb than what it really is. Um, and I think as a play caller, whether your offense is clicking or not, you're, you're really trying to find something that they can do and be confident in doing. And believe it or not, passing when you're with the backup quarterback, it's probably not what you're thinking to kind of get the guy settled and play confident and um, execute. So, indeed, I think any offense is tough once you get in the red zone. But you also have to have that hunger for it where, you know, grandma just made apple pie. And you can smell it. Yeah. You're right there. And even though you got to wait for it to cool down or you got to wait to you eat your dinner, like that smell should keep you thriving for it. You know, we talk about a laborer's appetite should keep you coming back to the table. And you do all that labor to get to the red zone. Might as well come back to the table and punch it in get some pay dirt off of it. Um, So we got to work on it. We got to work on putting points on the board, period. In two games, we only have 13 points. So in the broader scale of it, whatever we're not doing offensively or not doing defensively, We both need to fix it.
0: It seemed like first-year Tyler Bridge had another solid game, not only punting the ball but also obviously running the ball as well.
5: Yeah, how about your all-conference punter potentially could be a pretty good tailback. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Look, the hometown hero. Yeah. You know, T. Bridge is doing a wonderful job. You know, he has some timing issues right now. Um, He nearly avoided a couple blocks
0: there, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
5: Oh, yeah, and and that speaks to some of the time that he just innately understands. Mm -hmm. Um, And and here's the thing. Some guys you don't have to teach everything to. Some guys you got to cover everything. Mm -hmm. And then you got a guy like Bridge who kind of has a hand in everything and can do a little bit of everything. I think the bigger challenge for us is to not overwhelm him because Mm -hmm. he can do a lot. Um, And when you're not putting up points right now that – probably would be the first thing you think to do put more on his plate he's he has production and it's it's a system overload can ruin the production and confidence and so it's a delicate balance for our entire our entire football club um, our players need to work harder so they can go in a game confident because um, that's the only way that's gonna happen now and then our coaches need to simplify and um and be able to amplify what we do well but at the same time not by adding more stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's a challenge when you want to be on the competitive edge offensively and pass game wise Um, but if we're not doing all of it right what are we doing right and let's kind of build on that.
0: What was I mean you guys spent a lot of time out there on the field after the game talking to the players and whatnot what was your
5: primary message? You know, Thursday morning at our practice, we we get in the end zone and we take a deep breath and we and we just looked at our field. And my statement to them was, "This is your field. This is your first opportunity to embrace what's yours and to fight for something that someone's coming here to try to take." Um, and the reason, and this may sound, uh, I mean. I'm not sure how it would sound, but we didn't. I don't want them to leave the field because it's still theirs. Mm-hmm. And whatever pain and noise and agony that comes from what we're hearing because the team is celebrating, like we have to own that. And it's my hopes that that, that hurt feeling or that painful feeling creates something in us that will not allow it to happen again. I, I've never been someone to run from it. I want to see it, all of it so I know what not to do again. Um, I think that's I mean that's how I got out of college in academia is that the pain of the not getting a good grade brought me to the professor's office. Mm-hmm. It put me into the tutors or into my tutor sessions two hours past when I had it. It's the pain of failure that, for me, what makes makes the work ethic so um, intense and genuine because that pain was genuine, and so will me trying to alleviate that. And I think at times we try to alleviate it by acting as if, like, oh, it never happened, that was a nightmare, it was a bad dream. Mm-hmm. You could take that approach for that same bad dream to show up a week from now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the power in our pain is facing it. And um, it was hard to hear him ch- cheer on the field. It was even more difficult to know that um, that was our first home game performance. And um, be that as it may, when the game is over, you are where you are when it's over. And we have to accept where we are and make a commitment to get better. All right, really call thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. And again, it's always, a great day to be a Bobcat. Both tennis teams
0: have gotten their fall seasons underway. Two weeks ago, the Bates men competed at the Middlebury Invitational, and last weekend, the Bobcats hosted the Wallach Women's Invitational. Head coach Paul Gassingay likes what he sees from his respective squads.
1: I am really excited about our incoming first years. They all came in ready to go, super high level, a lot of depth. Our returning players as well uh, playing at super high level. Uh, the The tournaments that we play in the fall are really to help organize the team and give us a sense of what pairings will work well for doubles, who's in top form right now for singles. Um, but, you know, that's going to keep building as the fall moves on and as we move into our investment season. Um, until February, we're going to be training and working hard, and uh, they'll be playing matches on their own, and, and they'll, they'll continue to build. But it's, it's very optimistic for the spring because we have a really high-level team on both 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 teams. And
0: this past weekend, the women got to obviously use the, the nice outdoor courts we have here at the Wallach Tennis Center. And so, and you, you welcomed, um, I believe, a multiple, like Brandeis was here and I believe Bowden as well. And Bowden just hired the guy who used to coach Brandeis, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a, a good group of teams. We had a D2, uh, Merrimack as well, mm. uh, Trinity and Colby. Yeah. Uh, so it was a good uh, selection of teams with, you know all high level doubles, and the way we ran that tournament was we had a front draw and a back draw, and so everyone kept playing as the weekend went on. You mm-hmm. weren't knocked out right so that's by design because every school that comes to this tournament wants the opportunity to try different pairings right. against other teams. It's really hard to organize your team when you're playing yourself, and it was a great opportunity and i I, I saw a lot of great things this weekend from a lot of our Uh, pairings in first years who uh, were more new to doubles, but really caught on as the weekend went on and got better and better. Is doubles kind of rare then in high school or just doesn't? What happens in high school is the top players, the elite players are at the top of the lineup and a lot of uh, school systems and and leagues uh, play the top three players in singles and then they'll have a couple doubles. In some prep school leagues, they'll play like a college format with three doubles and, and three singles, and six singles, sorry. But yeah. they will, uh, it depends on, on the league if they repeat players. So generally, you're, you're dealing with the top players mostly playing singles through their career. And they have to learn how to play doubles. Yeah. And so we're good at that. We we know how to teach doubles and how to coach it up. And uh, I, I saw amazing growth over the weekend. I was really excited about any individuals who really had
0: a standout weekend for you, in your opinion? or
1: I mean, I think as a team, we have 13 women, and, and we had nine men playing. Uh, we have a few injuries, but uh, I, it's hard to pick one out of the group. I thought as a team, we, we really did a good job competing, and, and also that's the same uh, with the men last weekend at Middlebury. I thought we all competed really well, and that's the hardest thing to teach that – those intangibles that make you fight when it's tough, instead of running away, and and I thought we all did a good job and on both weekends of really fighting. Yeah, I know injuries are something the men's team really had to deal with a lot last season, right? Yeah, we we're still dealing with some of that, but it's looking really positive, and uh, those players are. Uh, I'm I'm being strategic, and we're. We're making good decisions so that they'll be really healthy for the spring, but they're training hard, and they're doing everything they can, and they look really good. I'm just uh, trying to be smart.
0: Sure. Well, one of the headliners, I mean, from basically what he's done in the past and uh, being All-American is Jacob Coppola and what he's done during his career. What are you expecting to see from him uh, this – I can't believe it. Is his senior year now?
3: Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we have an amazing senior class. Uh, Jacob Vid mm-hmm. Glove and Iz. I mean, they're they're amazing uh, group, and they've been together for four years, and uh, they're really committed, and they they see this influx of first years as a uh, a really positive you know shot in the arm, and I think they're really doing a good job uh, working hard, working harder than ever. Uh, they're very diligent. You know, they're lifting, and they're running together as a team. Uh, we're playing a lot of match play you know and, and Jacob's a match play you know kind of guy and our seniors have shown that they're really competitive and uh, they're they're really good examples for the first years but in the same token the first years are showing the seniors that they're leaders also right mm-hmm. now so that's what we're asking from everyone is from day 1 you know lead and test your teammates New England ITA's for both the men and the women
0: this weekend right but different locations
1: Yeah, this is probably the hardest weekend for me (laughs) mentally during the year because I always – I flip every year. And so last year I went with the women, so this year I'm going with the men. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'll be up at Colby, and uh, Sam Woods, associate head coach, will be with the women up at Middlebury. And I'm always torn because I want to be both places. So uh, hopefully we do well. We make it through Sunday. Um, If not, I could be driving five hours to Middlebury. So – I, I'm hopeful that uh, we'll, we'll have a, a good showing. I, I think um, you know we've got a couple singles players in uh, on the men's side and I think three on the women's side and uh, two doubles teams on the women's side and one singles team on the men's side. So um, we should have a good weekend. Uh, yeah, How is it set up in terms of ITAs compared to maybe it's like, say, Middlebury for the men? It's a selection committee that chooses the entrance, and a lot of it has to do with, uh your national ranking the year before if you get extra spots so the women were top 25 so they got a few extra yeah. spots which is great uh with the with the men's team we we had a couple injuries last spring that you know at the wrong timing all at the same time and and that kind of pushed us out uh didn't mean we weren't a very strong team it just uh, pushed us out of the rankings and so we have a few uh less selections this year
0: yeah I'd say the women's team since i you know I started working at Bates about you know five years ago now and women's team is really each year it seems like getting better and
1: better they're an amazing group they have a great culture as as do the the men's team uh i i think uh it's really the the athletes the student athletes are they're all leaders they all uh care about each other they all work hard and they're inclusive they want uh they want to push each other but they're also supportive and Uh, it's the perfect uh, environment for growth and development and for success.
0: All right, Any other thoughts on the fall season and what you're most looking forward to these next few weeks as you continue to have that? And the men will have their own walk invitation
1: all soon as well. It's interesting how over the years, you know, this is my 24th year. And I think as you get older, you get a little bit wiser and you know that this isn't, you know, this isn't the uh, the season to peak in, mm-hmm. and right. you know if we're playing great ball, that's awesome, and yeah. we want to, and we want to keep progressing. But I look at it as really a developmental season. I'm trying to get our teams to look at it that way as well, to play free, to to use things that we're actually working on in practice, and not worry about the result, but we're worry about their growth and their development. And because you know our our eye is on the spring and and the future. Um, if we can keep developing and keep using these uh, new skills in match play in these opportunities that we have in the fall, we're going to be well served in the spring because we'll, we'll be different players by then.
0: Senior captain Andrew Garcia-Bow and first-year Chloe Baylor led the men's and women's golf teams at the Williams Fall Invite and the Mount Holyoke Invitational, respectively, over the weekend. Garcia-Bow finished strong with a 76 on Sunday, and Baylor finished in a tie for 39th out of 90 players. And next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap a very busy home weekend for Bates Fall Athletics with volleyball, soccer and field hockey all competing on campus. Meanwhile, the football team heads to Wesleyan and the golf and tennis programs continue their fall seasons as well. Find the complete schedule at gobatesbobcats.com and we'll recap it all next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my champion, my champion.